0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Revelation Project podcast. So today I'm with Liz McCartney to talk about all things spiritual. Liz offers healing wisdom and knowledge to humanity through her gift as a spiritual channel. She is a master teacher of Reiki and combines meditation and pranic healing in her work with others. Her work is all about creating a synergistic connection to assist her clients to embrace the human experience through the divine being. Imagine a synergistic connection to healing through the divine being within you, your energetic, physical, emotional, and mental bodies, the soul synergy. This is the work of Liz McCartney. Hi, Liz. Hi, how are you today, Monica? So good to be with you. I'm really excited about having this call. And I know it took us a while to get here. But here we are.
1: Here we are as it was divinely time to be.
0: Absolutely. So I would love Liz to just have you talk start by just telling us all a little bit more about how you like to work with your clients.
1: So I work with a variety of different clients. I work with clients who come to me from different modalities of therapy and healing. And this is rather unique because when these clients were being guided to me, it was incumbent upon me to offer them a full scope of healing. What I found through my own experience with different modalities of healing is that they were very singular in their experience and their offering. And so what I really came into the acknowledgement was when the clients were coming to me, I really found that there was a simple lack. Most of them, it wasn't just that they needed energetic healing or that they needed guidance. It was there, there were actual vast limits to their comprehension of themselves,
0: Mm.
1: Um, conscious limits, unconscious limits. And so I started developing a modality through the guidance that I received divinely to bring them into connection to their divine being, as well as synergistically connecting that divinity within them to answer the questions that we're lacking within. Why am I here? What is my purpose? Why are my patterns the way that they are? Why do I exist in the way that I do? Um, questions concerning their relations to themselves were of the utmost importance, I found that until I created the synergistic connection to the divinity within each of us, the energetic healing really wasn't moving through the conscious, the subconscious, and the unconscious mind.
0: I love what you're pointing to because I think that a lot of us and perhaps it's it's just me, but how a lot of us were, I think, raised to think that the divine was outside of ourselves. So what I'm hearing you say is that there's a way that you're able to work with the divine within each of us individually. So what I make up about that is that My higher self has the wisdom, and actually, also is always kind of there. There is no separate in terms of my higher self's understanding of her domain. So, you're working with the divine within me to really help me become aware as a conscious being, for those things to stop being unconscious, to look at those patterns, to look at maybe why I continue to have, you know, a a particular physical problem and where where there might be some kind of disconnect from a mindset. So, looking at kind of these, how all of these things are influenced and how you can help that divine being within come to a conscious awareness, the the divine has the conscious awareness, but the human being does not. And so helping that all happen. That's right. Okay. I really love that. Because I think first and foremost, the thing that, that I'm making up that you'd have to do with each client is to really get them to understand that piece that that actually there is a divine being within that has and holds all of this wisdom. Exactly.
1: And that's something that people almost come into a state of shock when they recognize. You know, I always say to people there is no such thing as a human being. We are divine beings in human form. Mm. The divine being is what dictates our movement, our patterns, our consciousness. It is the facilitator of our entire human existence. And we are both synergistically connected. We are neither one nor the other. We are both when we come into human form. And as I tell everybody, You are an individual and a collective, but each one of us is a divine being in human form. And so when I started bringing in the divine connection of your creation, your light, your consciousness, your purpose, you can then trace the patterns within your human being, within your human existence. You know, your light dictates your frequency, your frequency dictates your movement, movement of emotion, movement of mental patterns, movement of physicality. And of course, you know, your purpose is what is innately driving you throughout your life path. So with that connection, I'm connecting you to the divinity that lies within you. We were all socially and religiously taught that somehow the divine was something that was so far out of our reach that it could never be attained by us because we were taught that we were unworthy. Mm. We were taught to be submissive in the face of the divine, to be shamed of our existence. This is a falsification of creation. The creator, the source, however you wish to name this, and you can call the creator, the source God, you can call the creator Jesus, Allah, however you wish to name it. It is the source of our creation and our healing. We were divinely given the opportunity to come into human form, to live in beautiful synergistic connection to beings of all dimension. And to say that, that the creator would wish us to be in submission and shame of the beautiful creation that lies within us, that this gift has been given through, is a complete perversion of the offering.
0: Well, it reminds me of there that kind of way that I felt as a as a child growing up, and even into adulthood, that there was that this some part of me that believed that I was being judged, that there was some like aspect of some being that was out there judging me, that that's what God was kind of or how it came across through my own upbringing and my own filter was that this was a source outside of me and that basically it was in the realm of good or bad and following the commandments and, and all of those. Yeah. 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 So that indoctrination is something that we talk a lot about here in on the revelation project podcast. And certainly it's for those of our listeners who are just tuning in, you know, I'd also love it if you could talk a little bit about just your experience. Like when did you start to realize that you were a channel and how did that kind of occur for you?
1: When I was very young, when I was little, I was always hearing the vibration, the energy I was always able to see energy. I was able to see energy and movement. I would see shards of light moving. When I look at a room, I see energetic patterns within it. Hmm. When I would come into the presence of people, I would sense their energy before I could sense the physical body. And I was always a channel, always this started to ebb and flow throughout the course of my life. Of course, when we're children, we actually exist in a very pure state because we don't have any preconceptions or misconceptions about divinity. Mm-hmm. We're not fearful. We haven't been told that it's something that's wrong, that's mystic, that's mysterious, That you know, people can label it in various negative ways. But when I was a young girl, I could, when I would pray, I would hear the voices back. Mm. They would answer my prayers and they would speak to
0: me. Okay, I love that.
1: I was raised in an English Protestant and a Catholic household. So I was raised in between two very similar religions, but very disparative concepts. Mm. What do you mean
0: by disparative, Liz?
1: So, I mean, English Protestant faith was born out of the Catholic Church's overreach of people. Got it. They're still at war in Northern Ireland yes, over these religious differences. Within my own family, there were these religious differences. So I was raised with the knowledge of both of these faiths. But what I was actually given the gift of was the ability to be independent and think for myself. And there was a very distinct moment in my life where I was about nine years old and I decided to stop going to church. And the reason that I stopped going to church was because they were speaking very heavily of judgment and condemnation of people. And to me, that never, that never really sat right. I couldn't understand, well, if God loves us and creates us in his light, why would he condemn us as sinners? Why would he bring harm to us it started to not make sense to me. So at nine years old, I actually left the practice of religious faith and I moved into more of studying. My, I came home from church that day. I said to my mother, I don't think this is right. I don't think that the people should be judged and condemned and hurt because I know that God loves each of us. Mm-hmm. And my mother said, here's some books. And she gave me books upon... Ancient Egypt. She gave me books upon the major religions of the world. And I just started consuming information.
0: Mm, I love that she did that. I love that her response to you was to actually give you more context. Yeah. That was. And she did. She said, I want you to read
1: all of these books. And then you and I are going to sit down and we're going to discuss what you think the one point is. So. I read all the religions of the world, and I read mythologies, because mythologies of their time were the true religions of the world. Mm. I studied paganism, shamanism, I studied the natural existence of the world through nature. And what I kept coming into the belief of and the acknowledgement of is that there's a singular source of creative energy and that we're all interconnected and intertwined. What I also kept coming across was that religion had somehow moved away from being about the word of light and love and good and being a tool for social, political, religious, and gender control. Mm-hmm. And that came to me very young in my life.
0: I wish it had come to me a little younger. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and while I have deep respect for those of religious faith who practice it, for goodness, generosity, and charity. I do see the disparity within the teachings. You cannot profess to be of God's light and love if you are simultaneously condemning another. If you truly believe we're all created in light and in love, you simply cannot do such a thing without any consciousness being brought upon you in a negative way.
0: I love what you're bringing up too. And and I go back to your mother's wisdom, which was to actually like just broaden your context and give you other perspectives to look through and to give you the personal and spiritual autonomy to discern for yourself what was the common thread or where did you see some like apex where you could stand. And you brought up mythology, which I think is so important, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, didn't get the importance of mythology. I would say until a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I was just reviewing Maureen Murdoch's work in the Heroines Journey, and it's been so fascinating for me to look at that journey and how at one point she says that if women kind of find themselves in the matrix of the patriarchy, where kind of everything is positioned in a certain way, and stories have been narrated a certain way, that the early, almost prehistory mythology is a wonderful place to turn to, because that's where women can tend to see where the goddess and so much of like that more pure like bringing that light and that consciousness to humanity and that wholeness and certainly the work that you do is is exactly in line that that was that was the work that women were a central part of really providing not only that creative tension that you talked about as the creators of this world, you know, the portal of creation, but really understanding a lot of my own personal mythology, my personal story by looking at those stories and seeing the similarities, the trials, the tribulations, and that actually so much of my own human suffering and experience is part of the journey. It's necessary part of the journey for me to come into discernment and consciousness, which is something that I feel like your mother that was such a gift that you were given at such a young age. Yeah. And and I may be totally wrong. Like
1: you're completely and utterly embracing that and it's truth. It was a gift because my mother could have taken the stance of condemning me for not wishing to practice the faith of my family that was offered, but instead she took it as a moment as a teaching moment. And she also innately understood that my path was not going to be like hers. Yeah. Oh, and I love that's that. Me offering. And she also had a deep sense of my abilities when I was young, but didn't have really the fortitude or the ability to embrace them.
0: Did she share any of those gifts, Liz? I'm curious. Did she have any of those channeling abilities or... If they did, they didn't speak of them because they were raised in a
1: very conservative religious manner. And to speak of such things is almost like condemning somebody to say that you're, for the most absurd word, a witch.
0: I was just going to use the same word. So I was like, yeah. That you're a witch
1: and somehow that, you know, that is evil. That is the work of, you know, the lower energies, such as, you know, what we perceive to be evil. Mm. So she really didn't know how to embrace it, but the way that she supported it was by offering me so much wisdom and knowledge and freedom in my ability. And she was so supportive of everything that I did. My abilities waned in and out of my life as I went through my own hardships, my own trials. You know, when we go through our hardships and our trials in life, it is a bit of a polarity because that is usually what brings us into consciousness and strength of our own being Mm -hmm. appreciation and with gratitude of the life that we have seized from the disasters that can befall us. But at the same time, when we are entering into hardships such as neglect, abuse that can bring forth energies such as depression, uh, such as illness, we lower our vibration. And as I was shrouded in darkness throughout different portions of my life, Through abusive, neglectful situations, my energetic vibration would lower to the point where the channel would close. Mm. And it was only after the end of my marriage, um, coming out of an extremely abusive situation that I actually called out for healing. And when I called out for healing in that moment, my abilities and the channel just burst open again. Wow. Wow. And then I was guided into the path of others who had these abilities intact to help guide me step by step into myself. And that is where I stand today.
0: I love that. And I do know, Liz, like, I, I really I relate to what you're talking about in terms of. Going through my own challenges, my own trials, and really, you know, you talk about that shroud of darkness. It's interesting, even going back to what I was saying about the heroine's journey. The other thing, I don't know if those listeners have read any of Girl God books. She's on Facebook, Trista Hundred, she's amazing, but she's always educating in these little sound bites about the goddess. And there's this whole like theme in the heroine's journey about kind of really that descent into darkness and and how valuable it is and actually the interesting thing is then uh Trista the very next day had posted something about like the dark goddess the dark goddesses it's not about the fact that that there's anything evil there it's the fact that they can be with the darkness, the whatever is going on without kind of coming undone, without coming untethered from their own knowing. And what I'm hearing you say is that there was a way that you got untethered from your own divine wisdom, from your own knowing as you were going through those trials. And that happens to everybody because let's not forget, you're human, we're all human, we all have to go through those things to develop into who we're becoming. And had you not gone through that, you wouldn't be able to experience and counsel and synergize and work with The divine within your clients the way that you do and listen in. So I want to demystify this a little bit more with you if it's okay. So I was lucky enough to have a beautiful session with you. And so I tell our listeners this because I was really curious, like, what is what does all this mean? And so I really enjoyed the fact that you got to know me, but right away, you had connected with my guides. And And again, for our listeners who may not kind of be like, where are they going? What are they talking about? My understanding, Liz, is like all humans have spirit guides that are all around us all the time. And I I don't want to make more up from there. So you take it from there.
1: So when we're created in divinity, and divinity is the creation through which God creates our light, we're energetic beings by divine right. And as we're created in the source's light, we are given many beautiful gifts. We're given our light. We're given our purpose. We are given the sacredness of our name. We are given an eternal mate. We are given what they call what we perceive as a divine family. But really, it's, it's a grouping of divine beings who are there to guide you, guard you, teach you, mentor you.
0: Who are on this on this plane, For example, my business partner, I feel, was very much part of my soul family. She came, is that what you mean when you say that? So uh, the divine family are divine beings who exist eternally
1: in divinity with you.
0: Okay. Uh, okay.
1: So and that divine family can come into human form with you but they are always connected energetically to you, whether you are solely existing and divine, or whether you are split and living in the multiple dimensions between divinity and human existence. They are always connected to you. Okay. There is no lack of connection, and that connection is eternal.
0: Okay. And so when I say that, like about people that I've met in my life that I feel like I've known them forever, that there's some sense of familiarity that may or may not be, like, who knows? But it's that idea that, yes, they're part of that spiritual or divine family that is always eternally connected to me. And it doesn't matter if we're here on earth together or if in the idea of coming back That, that we can choose to come back here for another round of lessons. Yay! Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we choose with consciousness to come back into human form to, for many different reasons. We can come back in for, to exist in human consciousness so that we can help uplift the human collective with our energy and our efforts. We can come back in for a particular soul yeah, to yes. exist with them. To assist them, to guide them, to comfort them, to nurture them. We can also come back in strictly for purpose. So the consciousness of coming into human form is something that we choose. It's not something that's placed upon us or told that we have to do. It's something we choose. So that's why the gift of of existing in this dimension is so precious but whether we choose to come into human form or we choose to solely exist in our divine being in in the divine realm of of our birth and existence we always have our teachers mentors guides and guardians about us now many of the souls that we come into life with don't have to be that internal that integral grouping of the divine family But they are often, and in my own experience, always souls to whom I know in divine existence or souls that are brought to me for healing and for guidance and for connection. And I integrally know those souls because we are all interconnected soul by soul, energy by energy. Mm. But when we're in human life, we do tend to gravitate in and out with certain people. And um, your business partner is a soulmate to you. Yes. And she has been a soulmate to you for many, many lives. You have been sisters, brothers. The familial tie has always ebbed and flowed according to the life. But what never ceases is the divine connection
0: of love between you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, lo- yeah. And, and, it's true that in our sessions, it's it's always, I've seen and been able to work in my, uh, I would say maybe the last, you know, really 11, 12 years with a, a few different channels or mediums. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's differences but what i was really enjoying as i was talking to you that night is that you there's a way that you explain and connect and like converse as you're really connecting with the guides that that it felt like i was part of a bigger conversation
1: <laughs> does that make oh, yeah. sense yeah you are. yeah you absolutely are because when i connect in a healing session i'm connecting directly to source and channeling that light, that wisdom, that knowledge directly from source. And that is what I bring into the energetic body. That is what I bring into the physical, the emotional, mental body. But as I'm channeling source, I'm also channeling my guides and I'm channeling your guides. And I'm doing that because they're stepping forward to offer you insight and wisdom and knowledge about yourself so that you can also, with great consciousness, take control of your existence. And then they also want to offer their wisdom, their knowledge, and their love to you because they're eternally connected to you in those ways. Yeah. And they wish you to understand them. They wish you to understand yourself so that you can live in a whole, complete way in well-being.
0: Yeah, Well, and there it is, that that wholeness, that wellness, that that is what we all want. And so I think that sometimes there are those of us that like, again, to go back to how we started this conversation are afraid to connect in this way, because they've been taught that it's somehow bad or wrong or evil or dark or whatever that whole conversation is. It doesn't serve on any level. But especially because when you really know the pure love behind and and all of of the ways that we really need, all we need to do is ask for assistance, ask for guidance, you know, nice. and that it really is then going to come trusting that it will come, it may not come in the way that you in the way that you had imagined. But it's this idea, again, of knowing and I think for the longest time, like I didn't realize like, oh, well, I, I didn't ask for any help. I didn't ask for any assistance. And therefore, you know, I just kept going along my life as it was and not working. Yeah and until Brilliant. i had my own breakdown that brought me to my knees that asked me to ask for help you know then suddenly these miracles started coming to my life i was calling them miracles and this my spirit guides were probably like duh like we've been waiting <laughs> right for like for you like of course it looks like a miracle to you you know <laughs> like hello so liz where do you want to take the conversation because i feel like we could go in so many places but one of the things oh, we can. yeah one of the things that i really love that you refer a lot to is the divine Feminine and masculine energies, and what I want to what I want to say about that is, I don't, you know, like yes to talking more about it, but I'd love it if you could also kind of talk about it contextually in terms of what's going on in the world right now. Of course, and this is something that I just recently lectured on at the Body
1: Mind Spirit Expo in Colorado Springs, and it's it's something that's very dear to me and something that I'm guided to speak about constantly. There are so many misconceptions over the divine male and the divine feminine being, and it is incumbent upon us to teach one another the truth of it. We are neither male nor female in divine being. We are both. The divine male energy and the divine feminine energy exist in synergistic union within each being. And those energies were created singularly to exist this way in union so that we could harness all of the attributes, all of the energies, one after another, continually moving back and forth in between. Now, where it gets confused for us as humans is that we tend to identify ourselves by our gender, by our sexuality, We also tend to then further harm the true definition of it through the scope of religious social oppression and through the political control and social control that's issued upon us through gender and sexual inequality. When we are in true unison of that, we may be in a feminine form that I by right can harness the male attributes of that energy, just as a male may harness the feminine attributes of that energy. And what I really find so telling is that we tend to put ourselves into these very small formations where if I'm a woman, I can only be a mother, a daughter, I can only be a sister, I must act in a uniquely feminine way. I'm not allowed to harness ambition. Drive, strength, fortitude. I'm not allowed to behave like the warrior, the hunter, the guardian. That is completely and utterly false. In the same turn, as a divine male, as a man, he should be harnessing the attributes of the divine feminine, the nurturing, the caring, the vulnerability. Instead, men are socially oppressed into only reacting and offering in anger, in brute force. Through bravado, which is mistaken for strength, they are shunned for being vulnerable, creative, nurturing, connected to their emotional well-being, expressing that. Whereas women are exactly condemned when a woman stands firmly and strongly and says, I'm ambitious, I'm driven, I'm placing perhaps my career before my ability to create family, or I'm speaking very strongly as an individual about my sovereign rights over my physical and sexual well-being. She's outrightly condemned in our society. Mm-hmm. In divine being, there's no such thing as condemnation, there's no such thing as judgment, and there's absolutely no such thing as any type of genderfication or demonization of sexuality. So we need to just shed the identifying labels that we have placed upon ourselves and allowed others to place upon us in repression and just come into the the knowing that we are divine beings and we are equal in this within ourselves and equal to one another.
0: Beautiful way to really just encapsulate it really great I also really see where we so need to as a society as a as as a culture as as individuals to really look at also kind of where these energies are still in shadow because I think that there's So much to be said for kind of putting this lens on. Again, it's just a perspective that that can be super helpful so that when we see what's going on, for example, in the world and how we've glorified, let's say, like capitalism, or we've glorified by violence on the television, let's say it that way, because I don't think anybody who's listening glorifies it consciously. Yeah. But there's a way that I think what ends up, it's like, if we don't see it, we can't can't be it. And we don't have enough models out there of storylines and her stories and visible leading role models. Of course, we're starting to but that are connected to both their masculine and feminine in a harmonized or balanced way. And even being able to see somebody You know, step in their own, in their own way. They're still a human being and watching how they can clean up a mess is, is about getting back into integrity. It's not that they're, it's not that once you kind of have these energies mastered that you're again not still human. But I think oftentimes it's very helpful for us to look at, oh, where might I be? And I'll give an example. So, Austin and I, my, my, Love of My Life and I often talk about masculine and feminine energy as it relates to how I can oftentimes be workaholic, that oftentimes I can equate my value unconsciously with how hard I work and that that's kind of a shadow masculine energy to actually drive with that kind of need to produce, produce, produce at the expense of my nurturing. So again, I don't know if in your realm, I'm looking at this the right way, but I'm so curious if if that's also a helpful way for you in working with your clients.
1: So what I do with the individual client, of course, and I'm going to speak to what you just said first. So Regarding the integral nature of ambition and drive, that is not uniquely male. Yes. That's yes. something that in our society we have deemed to be a man's position, but that is not divinely uniquely male. What you're actually being innately driven by, Monica, is the drive within you to fulfill your divine purpose within your life path. Okay. So that's why there's this compulsion to constantly create constantly embrace, to constantly move this energy with great force, because what you're innately drawn to do subconsciously from your divine purpose, being embedded within your energy is I must accomplish this within my life path.
0: Okay. I must
1: accomplish this. Ambition and drive are both the male and the feminine way of humanly relating embracing and compelling out that integral divine purpose okay you're just being deeply connected to your divine purpose now when you say it's at the expense of my nurturing i take a bit of a different stance okay because in the pairing divinity in divine pairing if one of the beings needs to complete the divine purpose, the other being then fulfills the energies that need the support. Now, in human relation, how does that work? Let's say you have a couple, male and female. The woman is being integrally pulled to fulfill her divine purpose. She's filled with ambition, drive. She places her work perhaps above Her need to create the nurturing home, the nurturing family, to be the stay-at-home wife, the stay-at-home mother. In that situation, it's incumbent upon her partner to then come in with the supportive energy and to say, let me fulfill the supportive energy to give you the foundation to fulfill your purpose. And there should be no designation of, well, this is a male energy. This is a feminine energy. It should just be recognized. I can see you fulfilling your divinity through your purpose in your life's path. Let me support you as your partner in love in all ways.
0: Okay. I love, Okay. Now I'm like, I can't wait for more conversation on this because that's that's another that's a different way to look at it that's super helpful. Now, so my my question then, I want to take this a little bit deeper. Let's say I'm doing it at the expense of or that I'm worried that I'm I'm doing this, driven to fulfill my divine purpose, but my kids are being neglected. So where
1: does that? Well, let me ask you a question. When you say, I'm worried that my children are being neglected. Why is your not partner not coming in with that supportive energy to ensure that the family unit is whole?
0: Yes. And so it, this is so great. This is so great because what happens is that he's always, he is always, he is so always there, like always to, to the point where I worry that he's not having his needs met. Do you you see what I'm saying? So it's like, yes, he's picking up all of the slack sometimes. And I think sometimes in this conversation, I can end up kind of weaving in and out of this fear that, oh, my gosh, is he doing this at the expense to his well-being? Right. You know what I'm saying? But,
1: But here's the thing that's really beautiful about what you're actually experiencing, Monica, with him. You two are synergistically moving in between the attributes and the energies already. You're doing it integrally and naturally. An, it is only social perception and really based out of a religious patriarchy that's been placed within our society. It says women must be the stay-at-home caregivers, nurturers, and build the foundation of home so that the man can go out and provide. That's a patriarchal concept that is not how we are created in divinity. And just as if this dynamic were to shift and Austin were to suddenly feel, I need to fulfill my purpose, I need to now work within my purpose in my life path, you would integrally and innately shift your energy to be that support for him and the family. And what you do with family is you take your energies together in unison and you build that foundation. So you're always, one of them can always be driven. One of them can always be nurturing, but you're also going to be moving in and out of those energies with one another and within yourselves to create that support, that foundation. Now, if if you feel a, a distinct draw, of course, to say, you know what, I'm not really spending enough time with my family, my children, or my partner, and I need to slow down, of course. Yes, yes. Do that, honor that, right? Because we still have to honor the partnership we still have to honor the family but those energies move integrally it isn't one or the other that's supposed to do it's both
0: i love this because you know what what's coming up for me is trusting that actually this is and i love what you said too about and because it's it's so the antithesis of what i think i see constantly in society that there are times where i i this isn't about him, it's about how I can project what my shitting on myself on, like, right. what I should be doing. And, like, he's lovingly just doing all of these things, but, right. but it's almost like I'm making him wrong because I'm not the one doing it as the mother, right? So, it's right, it, it, it and it's, kind of instead of right, and
1: instead of condemning yourself and judging yourself, say, Well, no. I have a beautiful partner who's lovingly supporting me while I embrace my divine purpose in my life path. And what you're giving to him is also love and nourishment back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're condemning yourself by somebody else's judgment upon you. There's no there's no reason to accept that.
0: Yeah, and trusting that when he hits his limit, he's gonna let me know.
1: vocalize. And then you're going to shift energies where you're going to say, okay, you know what? I hear you. I feel this. Let me love you, nurture you and support you. Yeah. Let's shift. And that's what the union is supposed to be. You're supposed to shift energies between the male and the feminine attributes and energies. Because as again, we're not one or the other, we're both. So there should be no disparity between you attaining your purpose and your path. And him being the nurturer, the carer, the foundation of the home and the family. Okay. Because he's, he's only innately reacting divinely within to, and, and here's something that men really need to understand. They are supposed to be the nurturers, the caregivers. They're not just supposed to be the guardians and the warriors. And the providers, right? No, it's, it's an equal union in all ways. And we are equal within ourselves and equal within one another's partnerships and unions. And that equality is alignment. You two are just divinely aligned Mm -hmm. and you're already moving into that synergy back and forth beautifully. And should your partner say, you know what, I need you now to shift your energy a bit because I need to, to move in this way or I need to embrace this energy with great love, you do so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. That is so, so helpful. And so I want to now ask you, then what are we, so yes, patriarchy, let's go back to this because in society and like, what, what are we seeing out there? Help me understand.
1: What we are seeing is something that
0: has been
1: sadly brought into human consciousness, control. We have this illusion of control within our society and the way that people have deemed control over others is through physical and emotional violence and through the control of wealth over others. Somehow in human court, in the human course of evolution, we have decided that we have allowed the males to take control of our societal standing, of our religious standing, of our political standing. And somehow women have yielded the divine male energy within them to allow this. Mm. And this has taken such a corrosive effect upon our society and us as individuals in human form. In divinity, the male and the female reside in unison and in equality. One does not reside over the other. The female is not in submission to the male. The female is in equality energetically and in all ways to the male. However, in our society, we have had a very corrosive, perversive effect, and it really started with control of resources and wealth. And then somehow the males in our society wrongly perceived that women were weak, that women should only be the mothers, the daughters, the sisters. Uh, the gatherers, the keepers of the home and the hearth. In many societies, this is not so. And in ancient societies, this was absolutely not so. In our society today, we're still facing the effects of these archaic concepts, where somehow we have now not only gender inequality, we have wealth disparity, we have sexual inequality, you know, we we condemn women in all Ways, And if you're a woman of minority, even worse, even in worse ways, because they're not only facing gender inequality, financial inequality, wealth inequality, they're also facing racial inequality. Mm-hmm. And the patriarchy is something that is archaic and needs to utterly be dismantled, in my humble opinion. It's corrosive. It's utterly corrosive. And that is not to disrespect men in our society or their placement as leaders in our society, but it is to have them recognize that women are their equal. Women are just as intelligent, ambition, strong, driven, and graceful, just as they need to recognize within themselves that they are all of those qualities and vulnerable, that they are nurturing, that they are caring, that they are loving. We have to come into the divine being in unison because the patriarchy is strangleholding us into abuse, neglect, and corrosive energies of lower vibration, which compel the lower vibratory energies of chaos, violence, abuse, neglect, warfare, control, greed. These are all lower vibrational energies that the patriarchy has systematically brought forth through humanity. And
0: this is a
1: time that it needs to come into consciousness and end.
0: Okay. And and my next question is, is it coming into consciousness? Yes. Is this what we're experiencing part of an awakening process?
1: Yes, we are actually going through a beautiful beginning of a 500-year cycle. Energetically, our dimension goes through these 500-year cycles. And we are actually experiencing the beginnings of a 500-year cycle of immense vibrational shifting, rising, and lifting. Because the light of the highest dimension, the fifth, is coming forth. And in this 500-year cycle, what you're going to be experiencing You're seeing now the consciousness coming forward, right? Mm -hmm. That's why we're seeing people rebelling in the streets and demanding their rights, demanding their sovereignty over their bodies, over their sexuality, over their placement in society, their placement in the home. This is why you're seeing society struggle through these great surges of upheaval because we are struggling to come up energetically into the higher vibratory energies of consciousness of divine being, of divine self. And when you come into the higher vibratory energies of light, you have to shed and purge the patterns of negativity and of lower vibration that we as humans exhibit through greed, control, inequality, warfare, violence. You have to shed that. So we actually are moving into this direction And it started about eight years ago. So we are in the beginning stages and that's why you're seeing a great upheaval socially throughout the world. That's why you're seeing these punctuated fights between different energies, different philosophies moving because the divine beings of the fifth dimension and the highest realms are moving this entire dimension up. So they're forcing
0: people now to come into higher consciousness. And the conflict or the, the tension creates the mm-hmm. it kind of the activates the awareness and the you know, so I often again look at how so much of this conflict can often, you know, really push people over the edge of despair. And, and and it can, and it can feel that way. Like it can feel like this is counterproductive. This isn't going anywhere. But what I'm hearing you say is actually it is. It is. yeah. And and people often say to me, well, if everything's
1: moving into this new vibratory energy, the why is everything so awful? Mm. And and I explain it this way very simply. Even in terms of energetic healing, you have to shed and purge the patterns of low vibration and of darkness within the collective energy in order to rise. It's the same concept. You cannot come into healing, whether you're using that uh, modality as energetic healing or through therapeutic healing. Any modality of healing requires you to shed and purge that which is resistance within you to coming into higher vibration. So you have to shed and purge these energies and that is oftentimes a very disturbing and it can be a very violent ontaking. Yeah, say more about that. For instance, I'll speak um in terms of the collective through society. We are being literally forcibly lifted mm-hmm. into 500 years of high vibratory energy dimensionally. So, what does that mean? That's why you're seeing people who insist on staying stagnant, deeply shaken, right? They're deeply aggrieved. How could you think that women are equal to men Mm. and they're fighting very hard against this energy? How could you think that racial inequality should be something that our society should embrace in full and they're fighting against this energy? You know, so society is coming in between these polarities. These lower vibratory energies and the higher vibratory energies. Now, within the individual, what this is causing is us to come into a stage where we have to come into reflection. Mm -hmm. And really, if we want to come into higher consciousness, to mindfulness, higher being, higher self, we have to go deep within our psyche, emotionally, mentally, and we have to purge out the patterns of abuse neglect the self and of the other. We have to stop behaving in a way that is selfish, manipulative, and controlling. And we have to shed those energies deeply from within us in order to exist in higher consciousness and being. Then we can exist in concert with our divinity and with the higher vibratory light that's coming in. For those that choose not to, they're going to find it very disturbing and violently uncomfortable to exist in this dimension.
0: Liz, 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 we just have to like have these sessions regularly. There, I would love that. So enlightening! It's so enlightening, and it's so ah, uh, it's all the things. Like it's all, it's it's all of it. It's just really, I I find myself just feeling a sense of lifting just being, you know, with you, which is... I'm honored by that. Thank you. Yeah, it's true. Um, You know, there's... I often think, like, as individuals, we can hear so many different perspectives. And it really is about there's multiple paths, there's multiple ways to kind of assimilate, get there, you know, become conscious. It's not your way or his way or her way. It's I really find that every conversation that I have adds, brings value, builds upon my my own understanding. And, you know, and in in a bigger way, just gives me, you know, great Great hope. Yeah. You know, in, in terms of not only for myself, but for the collective, for humanity. This, this particular period, it, it is very challenging not to get, not to get s- stuck in some of the social messes out there. Some of the glue, you know, some of those oh, yeah. sticky, messy spots that really can trip everybody up, um, into, into feelings of like, oh, my God, what is going on? Oh yeah.
1: And and that's something that, you know,
0: that when people
1: come to me and I speak to them of these things, I, I speak both into the collective and into the individual experience. And and I have to do that because each of us has an individual vibratory essence with capabilities and limitations to offering and receiving. So when we're in this collective energy, I, I take great care with the individual to explain to them how they're the ones who are embracing and how they're the ones who are offering into this experience and moving through that and as the collective we are we are fighting to come up we are fighting to move forward we are fighting to release ourselves from these archaic societal standards that no longer should apply to us because if we do not do so there is no way for us to evolve and ascend into the higher state of being that we are being requested upon to exist within. So, for instance, when somebody comes into this acknowledgement, they often ask, well, how can I contribute? Who am I? What can I do? Right? I'm just this simple individual and this mass collective. And it's very, it's very simple. Release the lower vibratory energies, habits, and patterns within yourself and start living in a mindful, just, loving, kind, and generous life, you will then contribute into the collective energy of raising and lifting, not only our society, but our entire dimension.
0: Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And it it is really that simple in terms of you know how can I make a difference I love that quote Mother Teresa says if you want I forget I'm going to probably butcher it but it's like you know if you want to make a better world go home and love your family it's like it's that simple yes. like go home and you know just do the right thing that that yes. actually contributes yes. you know to all, where we're all headed so Liz I know that you are really launching um a new website so I want to send our listeners to thesoulsynergy.com that's where you can learn more about Liz McCartney and her work and certainly more about signing up for individual sessions with her and I highly recommend it it's just so lovely in all the ways and Liz I just want to acknowledge you for your just beautiful spirit and for just taking you know your time with us today to really just be here with us and share your gifts. It's just been so wonderful and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you.
1: I appreciate the opportunity to bring forth the word of the source and the divine to all and any who can embrace therein what I offer. I am incredibly humbled and grateful to you for allowing me the opportunity to speak. And I'm just a facilitator, I'm a channel, I'm a vessel. My purpose is to bring healing to all, to bring wisdom and knowledge to all and to bring everybody into their divine being so that they can live fully and richly in this existence. And the ability to sit here with you today and to sit with your light and to embrace you and to illuminate your healing and your offering into the world is incredibly incredibly beautiful to me. And I'm so grateful, Monica. And Mm -hmm. I would love to have more of these conversations with you. And I would love to answer any and all questions that any may have regarding it.
0: Well, great. Well, I'm going to be sure to put all the links in the show notes for everybody and any resources, Liz, that you extra resources that you want to point people to. So, to our listeners, for sure, check out the show notes and more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.